Yay. All right. Good Monday morning, you guys. I don't know if anyone else is suffering, you know, as bad as I am with the whole like cedar well, allergy. We're suffering from listening to you. I so know. Awesome. I'm sorry. I don't know what my problem is. Okay. But tell the little boy to, to go to class. Talk. Welcome to Author Talk, you guys. We're just starting off, you know, like a bullet, okay, from Russell. So good Monday morning, everybody. You are listening to Author Talk with me, Amy Fern, Russell, and our lovely guest today is Michelle, and we're diving into Russell's new territory, Atlanta, Georgia, and all the writing conferences that they have going on. Like 50 conferences over here. They're everywhere over here. I'm I'm telling you, it's like conference galore, okay? It's like we're kicking off conference season. But you guys, I have to tell you, because I know know we're going to talk about our weekend, right? Because that's what we do. Let me tell you about mine. One, I found out that I have a plethora of cedar trees behind my house hence why i'm dying okay like i just it's awful but it's not just me my animals are like we're all just a sneeze fest in my house so no one come visit me because we're just we will sneeze on you i'm sorry like if it's not me it's my dogs because we're all just a hot mess but i went home this weekend to celebrate my mom's birthday my mom's birthday is actually this coming wednesday she'll be 62 this year and COVID hit when she was turning 60. We didn't get to do a big thing. So all of me and my sisters and my dad, we all got together and threw her this big. So there's like 50 today. people there, right? No, there was not 50 people. We are not people, <laughs> people, okay? Like it's two people in the world for all of us, okay? My whole family together is like 20 people, okay? So we all got together and just like celebrated my mom and stuff since it is during the week. So that's what we were doing yesterday and just, you know, celebrating her and how awesome she is. So. I did sound like this at the time too, Russell. So, you know, and my mom has this thing. I don't know if anybody else's parent does this, but my my mother does. And it's like, it just feeds into our relationship. But she'll just randomly, you know, when you have a stuffy nose and you're just have the sniffles all day and you're just constantly, she'll, well, she'll do that to me. Just, you know, making fun of the fact that I sound this way. So her and Russell have to be best friends because you both pick on me nonsense. Well, she's pretty awesome. She's worth yes. being best friends with. He really yeah. is awesome. I love it. I love but it. What else did you guys do? Fern. You know, when, you, when you're talking about people okay, where I was this weekend was mega people okay? Oh, where did you go? I of went people. I went to the rodeo. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. And let me tell you, this was the first time in my entire life that I have been to the rodeo because nobody in my family goes to the rodeo. Nobody, nobody's really. No, Michelle, this is like, this is the rodeo in Houston is like uh, two, 300,000 people a night go. And this goes on for three weeks. It's huge. No, this is, this is just, I understand now why the. But it is dirty. Well, it's not clean. All it's, rodeos are dirty. I mean, there's dust. I mean, what are you going to do? It there's animals. There. There's animals, Russell. Yeah. This is dirty. But, okay, I understand. I saw the people. I really understand how, how come the Houston <laughs> Livestock Show and Rodeo is something. It's like something. But, okay. okay my- Tell them what you really did this weekend. Get to it. The interview. That's, that's what I really did. Oh, okay. Oh, the interview? Oh yeah. yeah, he came at you like a bullet. Oh, I Come on. Think that. I'd be like, oh, hold up. Tell these people about your interview. Russell has had way too much coffee today. Okay. No. <laughs> Russell, you know, man. No. Hey, Greg. 
Eric. And I know uh, Felicia is on. So good morning, everybody. So um, I had an interview with Siren's Call, which is a UK podcast um, that, you know, they were talking to me about my Doctor Who interview uh, review from for my book. And we talked about my book and about all the different writing things and what's coming next. The funnest thing is, like, they ask you about your playlist, right? Like, what is your playlist when you write? And so I talked about Crawl and, of course, Star Wars. We talked about Star Wars a lot. And then they actually stop and play the the music from Crawl it, during the interview, you know? Oh. And it's so cool. I was like, oh, my gosh. That I've been is kind of cool. That soundtrack. I have been Amy, you should start doing that. Get your act together. I'm we sorry. Should. Okay, I have I have failed. Oh, I'm not even gonna lie. I don't even know what that is. That a, is that a movie? I don't even know what that is. Really? I'm sorry. I, really? I have failed. Really? I'm, I'm okay, sorry. we will have that conversation on Wednesday. I'm sorry. I just you know I'm I'm sorry. Okay, I felt I'm, like I, I had to be real though. Hey, Melinda. Michelle's trying to say something. All right, Michelle, jump in. Jump Speak in. up, girl. I'm now officially disappointed that you didn't ask me my favorite song, Amy, and play it at the beginning of the podcast. Oh, my gosh. You, you know what? I just, I quit, okay? I just, I quit. I This is my last show. I have just failed, okay? What? I don't, I Did you say something? Speak no, up. That's not allowed. Quitting is not allowed. <laughs> See, Melinda yeah, doesn't yeah. know what it is either. See, I don't feel so bad. I don't feel Wrong. bad. Melinda I don't know what it people. is either. I think it's some purple hair thing. I don't know. Hey, you know what? Melinda's my person, okay? Because we were honest enough to know that we didn't know what it was and we admitted it, okay? I, I okay, so Crawl, Crawl, for those of you who don't know, is a movie that is a science fantasy film that came out way back in like the 80s, 90s. Um, really, really good. And actually, you know, it was Liam Neeson's, one of Liam Neeson's first forays in, in cinema. He was a minor character there. And, um, you know, it didn't get as much attention as, as it really ought to have. And incredibly, if you watch it, the effects um, are still really good. Uh-oh. They're, they're still really good, so. Hey, I'm going to have a movie night tonight. Like, I have to see this movie immediately now. You should. Yeah. I really recommend it. It has a great storyline. It has, you know, it has this really cool weapon called the Grave, uh, which he uses to defeat the evil dude, right? The Beast is what it's called. It has a fortress. Oh, Mary knows it. Hey, Mary. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. Is it, All right, is Mary. It like a, is it a long movie? You know, are we talking like two and a half hours? Because, girl, you know, no. I can't I girl. can't commit for that long. No, I know. Girl, back then they there. didn't do two and a half hours. Okay, good. You know. Back then we had short, sweet, but awesome movies. But what I loved the most about Crawl was the horses. Um, they, they were the fire mares and their little hooves would, would, uh, in, ignite in little fire sparks and then they could fly Ooh, and they could okay. travel super fast. Right. Um, because they could fly. And so it, it was just, it was awesome. That's why she put it in one of her books. I didn't put any flying horses. Yeah. The whole horse thing is in oh, one my, of your books. My AI horses are, of course, I love horses. I'm Texan. Yeah. Michelle, we suffered yeah. the same weekend. Yes. Code is hell in Atlanta. <laughs> so my, my weekend could not have been less people-y. <laughs> <laughs> 
We, in fact, uh, I was supposed to be at the Artisan Market in Roswell this past weekend, but due to the gusting winds and the fact that it was outside with the tents, it canceled and it snowed on Sunday. Um, we were supposed to be on Saturday. So instead of being around people, I only had my my close people, my family. <laughs> that was it. Do you sell books at the Artisan Market? It was supposed to be my first time, so I don't think I can really say yes yet. What's your expectations of doing that? You know, some of the people that listen to us try to do that. You know, uh, I'm going in with another author who does it frequently, and he has pretty good expectations for it. Uh, There's a lot of uh, tourists that actually go to the market, so they enjoy meeting local authors and hearing about their books, and there's always a different crowd since it's a a kind of a tourist attraction, but so my expectation for it is kind of more of a learning experience since I haven't done it before. And then I would probably set an expectation after that, but maybe I'd hope to sell five or six books. Something like that. Okay. Say, Amy, uh, people are listening to us on our podcast that we are, Top have 10. You, have you found country. us yet on there, Russell? Have you found us yet? I have not. And I'm going to have to ask you how to find us. But I want to thank the people that are listening to us on the podcast. We're top 10 on good pods in the country on books. And how do people find us and where can they find us, Amy? So you can find us anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. Except on- me. Yeah. Russell's struggling hardcore, okay? He's uh, he's having a bit of a struggle. But if you type in author talk, it's the one that author talks in big with the golden banner that says hearing author stories with the opening book. It's been real magical. It makes me happy. Anyways, if you click on that, you follow us or subscribe, you'll get notified. Right after our live show, we go and upload it into all the places that you can listen to it, and you are more than welcome to share it. I always encourage you guys coming on over to Facebook or to YouTube and subscribing or just following our group and page because let's just be real we're animated and i talk a lot with my hands and everything so it's just a lot of fun to get to see us besides just listening to us so make sure that you go and do that but yes we are in the top 10 for indie books and for entertainment and there's another one i can't remember off the top of my head i got it's arts it's arts podcast it's a it's Arts podcast. I went and looked it up last week because you didn't know it last week either. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's kind of one of those things. I only have like 500 million things on my plate. Some things tend to fall off sometimes. You know? I know. Like, this like, week oh, you responded sorry. to almost 50% of my text. Almost 50%. I thought I did 100%. My goal was to respond to every single one you sent me. Did nope, I feel not this I, week. She's still I 50%. You know, I don't, I don't understand why this has become... Well, here's the thing, Michelle. I always have lots of good ideas that other people need to do. Yeah, he's very good at telling you what you should do. Okay, he's brilliant at that. But on top of it, okay, I don't know why. No one wants to start their Monday off with all the failures. Okay, so no, no. Well, you know, talking about, you know, telling people what they should do. Oh, I think this is a great moment for us to merge into the segment where we interview Michelle because Michelle is going to talk to us today about a conference that is being hosted in Atlanta. 
Michelle, tell us a little bit about what is the group that, uh, you know, tell the, the group that's sponsoring the conference. Kind of oh, give us a little yeah. background of, of who they are. Yeah, that, I think that's the first time anyone's asked me that, and I'm so happy you did. So it's the Atlanta Writers Club, which I've been a member of for years. In fact, I probably can't remember when I actually joined. It's been a little while. And uh, they we just have wonderful uh president and board of directors and people who strive really hard towards helping our local author community. There is so much, uh, we call it the AWC, there's so much that they provide and they're so supportive. So uh, for one thing, uh, they have critique group lists, uh, different leaders that have critique groups, and then we help each other through our manuscripts. The AWC already has a standing conference for many, many years. I think it's like the 24th or 25th conference for the, theirs, their traditional conference that they're hosting this year, which is in May. And then when I came forward and said, self-published authors, you know, we'd kind of like a few more topics to be during the conference. Um, I didn't really know what the response would be, but the response was, we have been hoping that someone would help us to be able to provide more for our indie author community, which how loving and wonderful is a board to respond in such a meaningful way. And then that was how the ASPC, the Atlanta Self-Publishing Conference was born. So I can't say enough about this wonderful club. We have multiple meetings a month that have to do with craft, that have to do with um, the business and agents and indies and just everything you can imagine. They just do everything they can to support one another. That is awesome. And I think that is just a beautiful thing. I think that's what uh, is probably happening, you know, in uh, many communities, because I know that the Houston Writers Guild, um, we did that as well. Like we have now uh, Indie Palooza. I think we're in our like fifth or, si or sixth year of Indie Palooza every fall, focusing on indie authors. And I think that's, you know, uh, very cool of, of groups to be responsive to this is the new, the new norm. I mean, you know, being an indie is, is a really wonderful way to, to work, especially if you love to be an, an entrepreneur, you know? So looking at your conference for indies, which is awesome. Tell us a little bit about what kinds of uh, sessions you're bringing and opportunities for uh, indies to learn. What, what kinds of topics are you going to be presenting? Sure. It is our inaugural year, so we're going to knock everything out in one day. Uh, so we're going to start super early in the morning with coffees and conversations where we're hoping that Indies will take advantage and come and meet one another and uh, begin building their support group even farther by meeting one another. But then uh, we have, during the day, we have two craft sessions, two business sessions, and two marketing sessions. Mm -hmm. uh, we are very happy to share that we have some greats within the business, such as Lisa Crone, who wrote Wired for Story, which is a wonderful craft book, and she has other craft books as well. But we also have the great Craig Martell, who's going to be joining us and presenting pricing strategies. And then we also have local favorites and local heroes such as J.W. Webb. Um, and there he is right on the page. He's going to talk about getting started in the indie business and helping those that are just now wondering like when to click publish, what do you do after you click publish uh, about creating businesses, incorporating. And then um, 
And then we also have other uh, local greats such as Mel Todd, who's gonna come in and talk about troubleshooting your business. Um, so as you can see there, we also have Ben Wolf and uh, quite, a few, quite a few wonderful presenters that are gonna uh, come and be with us. And then at the end of the day, we're going to have an author panel where all of our in-person presenters will take the panel and anyone can ask a question because I, I couldn't possibly cover everything that everybody wanted to learn in uh, one day. So we're gonna take the panel and uh, that way, just ask questions. Whatever we didn't answer that day, come and ask us. We're gonna try to uh, capture everything that we can. And then we're gonna wrap the day up with genre tables. So you walk into the networking room and we'll have tables labeled with the main genres that people registered with. That way you can walk up to the table and you can know that these are your people. Here are your fantasy indie authors. Here's your science fiction fantasy authors, romance or whatever the case may be. That is awesome. All right. So give me a, a quick moment. Somebody ask a question because I have Merlin this week and he is more vocal than Aria. I don't know if you can hear him, but he's growling. So I need to close these windows real quick. Okay. <laughs> so more. Michelle, what is the, what is the date and how does someone that is interested in this conference, how do they find it? Absolutely. It is April 23rd for the Atlanta Self-Publishing Conference. And you can go to atlantaselfpublishingconference.com to find out all the information and to register. It'll take you straight to the registration page. And uh, are you back, Fern? I am. I am. Okay. You know, there's nothing more beautiful than a talking husky. My so, husky? My husky, well, see, the thing is, I don't know if you know, Michelle, but my my husband and I, we divorced about two, two and a half years ago. She probably doesn't know that yet. Right, right. Because we, <laughs> we divorced. But we had, we, at the time of our divorce, we had two dogs. Um, and so he kept Merlin, who is a Great Dane lab, uh, bloodhound mix. And I kept Aria, who's the husky. But we have a custody agreement. So um, every so often we will switch dogs so that we can have special time with each one by themselves. And then sometimes, uh, you know, I send Aria to him and he has both of them for a while. I have both of them for a while. So we do this, you know, throughout the year. So this is spring break. So this is my week with Merlin. Aria is off with her father and I have Merlin. Now the problem with Merlin is that he, if there's a window and there's anybody or anything crossing the street, he will bark. He will just start growling and barking. He's just a barker. And so, yeah. So the talking huskies elsewhere. Well, I've been a bit nervous because my greyhound, who is a retired racer, is very upset because I didn't allow her in my office for this. So she has laid flat out on the floor outside of the door and is whining from the <laughs> Okay. Floor. That's wonderful. That's yeah. wonderful. It's wonderful you adopted her. It's wonderful she loves you so much. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's it's all good, Michelle. We have had my screaming children banging on the door. Russell really loves that. Oh, one. it's one of my favorite parts of the show so, when her older yeah. daughter starts pounding on the door and screaming at her. It's, it's great. Awful. It's awful. So it's no big deal. Okay, we just it is what it is. I have both of my kids home, and 
honestly, I'm sitting here with like every finger and toe crossed that they're not at my door. So <laughs> yeah. we all understand and, and can totally relate. So Michelle, are you an author yourself? I am. I am a self-published author of dystopian sci-fi books. So tell us a little bit about your your world, the dystopian world that you created. What what is the uh, what are some of the essences of it? So I kind of keep my dystopian worlds close to home. Uh, the main series I've been working on is called There You Go, Slow Burn Dystopian Sci-Fi on the Screen. Uh, it's called the Habitual Humanity series, and uh, basically it has to do with a near future America where America is split between people who have citizenships and people who do not. And the main characters are outsiders of society who are battling through personal traumatic histories, uh, but also trying to fight for equality within the system. And one of the main aspects of the series is that there uh, there's an army of clones, which I try very hard not to word that in specific ways to sound like Star Wars, right? Like I try to stay away from the Clone Wars. But, um, but and they're treated as subclass citizens. And so, but yet they still have uh, dreams and still have uh, desires that they wish they could fulfill, but they're not allowed. And, and then soon I have the Sinister Strand coming out, which will be a very different dystopian world, which has to do with judging people by their DNA code. Um, and some of the dark recesses of that. I love that. And I love the, this, um, this conversation around clones because, you know, on, on, uh, in Star Wars, you know, in the, during the clone wars, you do have this sense of like, well, there's so many of them. You can just, you know, who cares how many of them die, right? Send them into war and stuff. And yet now with the book of Boba Fett, you know, we're beginning to think differently maybe about clones because technically Bubba Fett is a clone, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, to what extent do we see now clones as legitimately, you know... Is he really? I did not know that. Is he really? I did not know this. This is, He's... Okay, so I'm in sorry, the... Sequels, because she's normal, not like you and Michelle. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you notice I took my first shot at Michelle. We brought yeah. her into the family. But you know, I'm thinking we're more fun. We th thank you, Michelle. Thank <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. is it like I mean, am I supposed to know that? Because I mean, I watched all the Star Wars movie. I'm not like a fanatic, but I have watched them, and I did not know that. Is it like in the new like Bubba Fett series no, that I no, found it's, out? It's actually in the prequels. So like when um when Ewan McGregor who plays uh Obi-Wan when he goes to the little Camino cloners uh and he he is talking to them about meeting uh Jango Fett, right? Who is the donor. Um they tell him that the only thing that Jango Fett asked for was a clone uh that was not altered to to uh to grow faster or anything. It was just like a regular clone. And and that's Bubba Fett. Bubba Fett is Jenga Fett. So Bubba Fett was his boy, actually kind of his son that was in the Star Wars movie. I didn't okay. know that. Yeah, I need to rewatch these. I haven't watched them since Sky was born because you know Sky Ray. It's all from Star Wars. Anyways, I need to rewatch those because I missed that. And maybe it's just been a while. I should just commit to watching them. Like you know, once a year, but there is so many and you have to watch them in order. And I'm not going to lie. 
I had to look up the order that I was supposed to watch them in because it got complicated when you have the Han Solo movie and then you have the Rogue one and then I'm just over here like what is happening okay so oh, yeah. it's a lot it's a lot but okay I'm gonna rewatch it sorry that was my rabbit hole my bad no, that, was, that was good I mean but it is um you know it is a whole conversation because he is he's a clone right he is his son in a way but he is essentially himself um and and so when when uh when Jango Fett dies in the fight in Genosis, right? Uh, you see him like holding the the helmet with his dad's severed head in it and, and being all upset about it, you know? And that that's where he gets the armor he takes off on his own. And so, yeah, so the Book of Boba Fett is giving us a little bit more of him as a person, you know, and after he gets eaten by the Sarlacc, of course, this is yes. after that. So no. that's kind of interesting because my main clone is kind of like a Boba Fett in that way. Like his origins doesn't exactly line up with the other clones' origins. He was kind of uh, purposely made for a specific purpose. Here I am repeating myself. And um, and then it's his story from that point on. So, uh, but anyways, that was kind of, that was fascinating. Yeah, that is very cool. So, and you're, and I love this idea of you you know, exploring, that's the beautiful thing about our, our genre, right? We can explore topics that need to be explored. So I love that you're exploring this idea of, you know, immigration and citizenship status. And, you know, how do we treat people who are foreigners, you know, um, who are trying to come here to be, to be part of us, you know, do you need to be a citizen in order to be treated right? You know, and all these questions that are really pertinent to the society and you're exploring them in this in this world. Um, what made you decide to do um, to do this story? What, what was the genesis for for this series? You know, that's that's kind of a funny question because I think I started it like seven or nine years ago. So it's kind of you have to stop and think like, what was I thinking back then? But it really honestly had to do with people not being treated equally and wanting some sort of caveat to explore that without it being obvious. Like to me, clones were a pretty obvious thing for my books because they would be made to look like everybody. So you couldn't look at a clone and know that that's a person that's being discriminated against, which also gives you the opportunity to say, what if someone who looks like you, talks like you, has the same orientation as you or cultural background is discriminated against? Because you can't tell by looking at the clone or talking to the clone that says, well, they do have a mark, but do you see what I mean? They can look very much like the person that is discriminating against them. And so I kind of wanted that sort of platform to explore these types of relationships and how we treat one another uh, to kind of make it an even playing field. And uh, I don't know, hopefully, hopefully bring up some questions for whoever reads it, I guess. But that was what I was thinking about. I think that's what we do as authors, right? We spring, uh, we we cause people to explore ideas, right? Whether you agree with with the worldview presented in the book or not, you get to explore some fun ideas and delve into it. So, what made you decide to be a writer? Where, where did your writer's journey begin? I was first published at the age of sixteen. 
But I would say that my journey really kind of began, began in middle school. Uh, this is kind of funny, but I found out that if I entertained my teachers that I always got A's. So every single time that they asked me to write a paper, I just entertained them with whatever I came up with. I took the story and just expounded it. And I always did extremely well. And, um, and so I just kept writing from there on. And, um, and so then I chose to become an indie author. I, I love that earlier you talked about entrepreneurs because that is a part of me. I love business. I love being an entrepreneur. I always wanted to have my own business. And so somewhere in the back of my mind, I was going to build a business and then I was going to try to be an author and somehow I was going to do them both. And so while I was going through critique groups and all of these different steps, my author friend started saying, you should really think about becoming an indie author. Why would you do two things? Why would you have a business over here and writing over here? Why don't you be in the business of writing? Ooh. And um, and it took some time for me to you know think, yeah, actually that that is for me. That is what I want to do. So um, so then I finally started my business and started publishing. And that is such a critical thing, you know, because. There are camps in the industry where you have one side that says, oh, you know, you, everybody should indie publish. Everybody should because you can. And now we, we should all just do it. And then there's the camp that's still very traditional. It's like, no, no, we should just find publishers and, you know, clear the marketplace of all this clutter and blah, blah. And the reality is that it's not about what, you know, either side. It's really about what's best for the individual. Because you as an indie uh, author, you you made that choice because you knew you could run a business, right? And, and so that and that's the difference, right? I mean, do you want to run a business, or don't you? Because if you can, if you have the 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 uh, vision for that, then indie authorship is definitely uh, the way to go as a writer. So I love that that was the that was your decision making. It's like, why am I going to start another business? I can just do this, you know, for my business. That was awesome. yes. yes, and I completely agree with you about it is per author, whatever works best for you and your genre and what you're writing, there is a different path to take or a path that really works for you. And so uh, one thing that I did want to share, so I'm going to kind of backtrack is the AWC, the Atlanta Writers Club, also has a conference that has agents who come in and editors who talk with people and they go over your query letters. And that conference is May 6th and 7th. And, uh, and I believe that one is atlantawritersconference.com. So if any listeners are interested in taking a traditional path or Maybe you don't know, and maybe you're still working on your craft. Craft presentations are available at both conferences, but there are opportunities for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that is really good to, to offer the opportunity for learning because you don't know what you don't know until you know it, right? So, <laughs> so this is why you really need to connect to these groups. And this is why I'm so glad that Russell was able to connect with these groups in Atlanta, that he's there now, you know, because you really need to find your local groups, connect with them, get information before you click publish, before you decide on anything, really find out what's going on in the industry, how it's working, connect with good people. And groups like yours are, are doing that kind of work. And I think that's just amazing and awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, Michelle, 
one of the things I'm excited about is they're having live get-togethers during these conferences. They're also having it on Zoom for people that are out of town or can't get there yeah. or prefer the cleanness of Zoom. <laughs> but for those of us that want to intermingle, intermingle and meet people, they're also, it's in person too. Yes, there's both. We are running out of spaces for the Atlanta Self-Publishing Conference. So if you want to be in person, please book it now. Uh, but we have plenty of Zoom slots available because that's unlimited. <laughs> uh, so you can definitely uh, still attend via Zoom, even if you don't get an in-person spot or you don't want to. And also the Atlanta Writers Conference is available through Zoom as well. I would not imagine it would be as good as the interpersonal mixing though, because I'm, yes. that's what I'm most excited about, getting to meet other local authors in Atlanta or Georgia. It's such a, a close day that I'm, I imagine, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, uh, are there a lot of people in Georgia outside of Atlanta that come to the conferences? Actually, yeah. Um, I would be more than happy to tell you when you're wrong, Russell. Uh, <laughs> it's but, often yeah. <laughs> and acceptable. <laughs> okay. um, but we have plenty of people from Georgia, but we do have people who travel in for both conferences so far. I mean, this is our inaugural year, so we'll see, but there are people traveling in for it. Um, yeah, and there are a few people who are going to be joining via Zoom because it's too far to travel as well. But you will definitely get to meet people who are local. And I agree with you. I think when you really start getting together with authors and start talking about your experience, that's, that's a little bit different than just listening to someone who has had success and trying to implement it. This is when you're sitting together with someone or with a group of people, that's when you get to start going, uh, well, this is what I tried, but it didn't work. Or what about this? Or maybe take a look at my blurb or, you know, this is when you really start to help one another and uplift one another. Yeah. And I think, you know, that is one of the, the hard decisions that, that uh, groups uh, are making, right. And have had to make. Um, I know last year, all our conferences were for the Houston Writers Guild were in Zoom um, because of the COVID situation, you know, and I think this year uh, people are feeling more comfortable of offering a mixed opportunity of like, okay, if you still need Zoom, if you still feel like you, you know, because there are people for whom this is still a very serious issue, right? Their, their personal situation. Yeah, their personal, personal situations for some people are going to require them to be careful. Yeah. Even now. Yeah. It's just the way it is. It is because even, uh, you know, I mean, we, we had a recent death in our, in the writer's community that I'm in with, and she was fully vaccinated and boosted. And, you know, unfortunately it, her personal metabolism just didn't, didn't live up to it, you know? So, I mean, I think, I think it's very important for us to be respectful of those who, who still need to be protecting themselves or their loved ones, but also the opportunity of being able to come back to networking in person, because there is such a powerful thing about being in person and getting to meet people and talk to people and forging those relationships. Because as authors, we can help each other, right? We don't need to like fight over clients, right? People can buy multiple books, you know? And so- Uh-oh. Uh Michelle, this is when 
uh, Fern goes into preacher mode and she's about <laughs> to start preaching about this. I'm not going to preach. I agree with her. I cannot possibly write enough books for all the readers in the world. And I think that if I thought that I was going to be the only author they ever read, that I'm delusional. So I, I think that uplifting other authors and realizing that we're in this together, we are not competition, we are colleagues, I think it's important. So preach on, Fern. Yay. See? Uh, yes. And in fact, before we go. Uh-oh. Did we lose we Russell? Oh, uh, you know what? It. I think that the internet realized, you know, Russell needed to be muted. I'm pretty oh. sure that that's what happened. They realized Russell needs to be muted. But Did you I? guys, there it is. Welcome back, hey, Russell. We love you dearly. We love you dearly. It's it's the cold weather. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, what were you going to say? I wanted you to talk about uh, week five this week. Of right. okay. What you're yeah. having tonight for authors. Yeah. So speaking of author community and helping each author, helping each other, and that's everything that we encompass at through the eyes of authors, which we're thinking of changing our name. So if you guys are for it, because it is a mouthful, though I love it, please in the comments, message me, whatever. Let me know if you're up for it. I will give you the name suggested that, or the name suggestion that has been put on the table and we'll discuss that. But tonight is week five of our six step series with Max Regan. I always say Reagan, cause you know, I had a Reagan high school and it's whole thing. Anyways, Max Regan. Tonight at 7 p.m., you're not going to want to miss it. And tonight, I am most excited for this night because, as you guys all know, I'm not a writer, but I want to know about this. I hear people talk about arcs all the time, and I want to know everything that goes into it. So tonight, we're talking about inside arcs and outside arcs. And so you're not going to want to miss that. I will be on bright and early. Well, no, I'll be on dark and early because it'll be nighttime. <laughs> it's Monday. Words are hard, you guys. Words are hard, okay? But so you're not going to want to miss that. This is the next to last session with Max. So if you have missed any of them, let me know so you can join us tonight. This is definitely a series you are not going to want to miss at all. So join us tonight on Through the Eyes of Authors. But, you know, I just, I'm with Fern. I'm all about authors helping each other. I think that's how we all become successful because you are a small business owner when you become an author. And helping each other out helps you out in return and networks and builds connections and makes you a team player, which me and Russell are not always team players. Okay. So I understand the whole Russell aspect that he's going to come from is I'm not a team player. I understand that sometimes for sure, but sometimes closing, not so much. You don't anyway, understand. You know, I told you sometimes you're it's a little critical. <laughs> it's too people out in the world. I mean, he did tell you earlier that he didn't talk to Fern for two weeks when she was editing his book. Okay. I'm just saying. Oh, and that happened before. several times, Michelle, yeah. by the way. Yes. Oh, Jonathan, you are so welcome for us to bring the energy. That's what we love the most. So yes, we hope that you have a beautiful day as well. And thank you for joining us. So you guys, closing comments, questions, statements, last little jibes we want to get at each other before we start wrapping up. Russell, you go first. I won't. Michelle to tell us how people can find her book. She hasn't yes. done that yet. I don't want her to forget. Okay, sure. So my website is www.creativityuntamed.com. My pen name is J.M. Tompkins. And, um, but you can find all of my books on my website. 
I love it. I love it. Is that it from you, Russell? You don't have any last minute jives or anything? All no, right. I think I've said enough, don't you? You have, and I love it. You always set a good tone for my Monday mornings, and I absolutely love it. Fern, what about you? I Well, I just want to applaud Russell that he's already registered for these conferences in Atlanta and hooking up with his local community there. And I want to encourage everybody who is listening, if you are an author, a writer, an aspiring writer, connect to your local communities, look up some of these wonderful conferences. Many of them having the Zoom option means that you can actually be with the Atlanta people, even though you might be elsewhere in the world. So this gives us an opportunity for you to connect to the resources of multiple communities. So, you know, look up these awesome resources, look up the Atlanta uh, self-publishing conference coming up. They're going to have some great stuff uh, to offer. And uh, yes, get involved. Learning is growing. That's all I can say. I'm not going to terminate. I'm not going to say that. I love it. I love that, you know, Zoom has brought... <clears throat> exposure everywhere so you're not limited now by just being in your city paying for travel doing all these things unless you like being around people but you know i'm a i'm just i'm a i'm in my comfort zone i love online so i love that you can attend all of these things via zoom if you don't want to travel and do all of these things so i do love how just it's it's cool to like see you know five years ago and then now there's like so much virtual stuff you can attend all over the world and I absolutely love it. So, Michelle, thank you so much for taking time out of your morning and for, you know, being friends with with Russell over there. We understand that that can be a struggle and we understand and applaud you for taking on that battle. But for talking to us this morning about the Atlanta conference and the self-publishing conference that is coming on and all the amazing things that they have to offer and how the amazing books that you've written. Oh, my gosh. You are in the top 10 in an hour for one of your books. And that's amazing. So thank you so much for taking time out of your morning. We thank really appreciate you. it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful to be with you guys today and to bat with Russell and to throw a few insults his way. I just greatly appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody, we hope that you have a fantastic Monday and a great week. And we'll catch you guys all next Monday.